whilst Gandalf leads four of the Nazgul away from Frodo, Aragorn has led the hobbits to Amon Sul, lately the site of a great battle between Gandalf and the Ringwraiths. Whilst Aragorn leaves to spy out the land and find food, the hobbits are left alone in the ruined grandeur of the old outpost, the graven faces of the king's long dead staring down at them from the walls. It is in the still watches of the night that their situation takes a turn for the worst. For the five Nazgul who do not follow the Grey Wizard spy their prey atop the crumbling edifice and shortly thereafter attack out of the shadows. Against the terror and fury of the five Ringwraiths, the hobbits cannot possibly hope to prevail, yet Frodo's companions rush to his defence in the hope that Aragorn will be turned before all is lost. Welcome to the first episode of Scenario Spotlights. This is a little segment that we have from the Green Dragon, where we basically take one of the scenarios, be it a points match scenario, a scenario from the Journey books, which is our case today with Armon Sul, or maybe even one of the older scenarios from one of the White Dwarf issues, or possibly one of the old Source Book issues. Jeremy, since you have the book in front of you, would you give us a description of Armon Sul? Okay, the Armon Sul scenario we're reviewing, describing today is from the Fellowship of the Ring Journey book, which was probably approaching 10 years old now. It's a it was around with the first revamp of the game when they released the movies. It involves Frodo, Sam, Pippin, Merry, and Aragorn cowering in fear inside the Amonsul Tower, being attacked by the Witch King and four Ringwraiths. And basically, it's a can Aragorn save the day or will the hobbits get uh, stabbed by pointy knives? Also known as Morgul Blades. And as, mm-hmm. I, as I say this, I realize I haven't introduced everyone here so far. <laughs> We have Matt sitting over there in the corner. Howdy. And of course, you have myself, Travis, as your host for today, and Jeremy, who gave us that sterling introduction. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so, let's get down down into it. Obviously, we have Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin, and Aragorn. The evil side is, I believe, the Witch King and four generic That's members. correct, and the Witch King has the Morgul Blade. So, ouch time for... Oh, he's the one you want to be attacking, definitely. And these are the uh, essentially what people call budget wraiths. They're the ones with the minimum will. So the witch king's got ten, no might, no fate, and the other four have got seven will, no might, no fate. I think they're uh, even less than what we would call a budget wraith because a budget wraith usually has a couple of points of might on them. These are basement bargain wraiths. These are absolutely, and that's all you need. Yeah, bare bones. I think would be uh, another good. Yep, way to swing it. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Now, these were made, this scenario was made before the new rules. So, there's some things that were omitted initially. So, things like special strikes and heroic strike and marches and those sort of things. Channeling, spells have changed. A lot's changed since the scenario is released. Um, for this, we're actually going to look at this scenario played under the current rules. So, some things might have gone a little awry in terms of the balancing. I can think of uh, one straight off the bat uh, being. As you said, the heroic strike with Sam and Frodo packing a couple of might points. Obviously, Aragorn is not really going to be looking for striking off too often. But those might points it's an option there. really become more valuable, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So it's probably probably tipped in favour of the good side. But as you'll hear soon, it's not a foregone conclusion. It's it's still an interesting scenario. You know, when there is magic, there is always an option. <laughs> Very so, true. Uh, give us a rundown. What's the layout of the scenario? 
what are the objectives and victory conditions and yeah basically how does the scenario play out yep it's laid out the board is a very unusual one it's a circle with maybe a little bit of rocks on the side they've got in the scenario book their own custom made one and they've said a 12 inch diameter i've been playing on my forge world weather top which is actually smaller so to adjust that i've had to put the models on smaller bases and also to halve the distances for movement and measuring yeah. just because it's scaled down still works just as well i wouldn't probably bother making my own because i enjoy that one but the forge world's unavailable so making your own reasonably simple one to make as long as you've got a compass and away you go it's a big circle playing area really the whole playing area counts as different. yeah you have your movement anyway yeah oh, there we go yeah. so it's yeah neither here nor there i think wasn't the reason why you put them on the smaller bases the washes to sort of fit through the columns. Yeah, there's the columns in the forge one which are a hair smaller than the the bases. So I've got yeah. washes that fit in comfortably so that we could play on that wonderful yeah. piece of terrain. So um, what's the objectives for the scenario? Obviously, uh, being a fellowship scenario, it's got to, it has to do something with Crota and Always, race. always, yeah. So essentially... What are the, the rates got to do yeah. and what are the hobbits got to do? Yeah, basically the rates are trying to kill Crota, as always. Is that it? Yeah, that's... That is it. Pretty yes. much it. That's, that should be enough. Uh, for some odd reason, I thought there might have been a secondary victory condition, like that they killed yep. X number of I think there's a bonus like... point somewhere if they do a dance whilst doing it, but I can't <laughs> seem to find it in the current edition. Moonwalk backwards and then shove a Morgul Blade through his face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just take down Frodo, as always. Yep, um, and the good side is prevent that. the good side, stop them from doing that. Make them all go away. Run out of will. Drive off those remains. Banish that. Try and burn them and make them scream. Or mm. 28, 38 points of will. So mm. that's, that's... Seems like a lot, but disappears quite quickly. And it's pretty much based directly from both the book and the movie scene. Mm. So it's it's a very iconic scenario. It's one that I like to play in any public demonstration because people immediately can recognise it as a Lord of the Rings game. And it's small enough that it looks the part. It's, it looks, it's not too intimidating. People can look at it. They can see Frodo. They can see Aragorn. They can see the wraiths. And it's, it's quite entertaining that way. Okay, so some of the special rules from the scenario. All of the hobbits, as well as Aragorn, I believe, have flaming brands yep. uh, from the campfire they had. So whenever they manage to beat a ringwraith in a fight, if they manage to do so, happens the ringwraith... Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. happens far too often for my Yeah, life. yeah, we're, we're the only one attack ringwraith and no might. They, yeah. they do get beaten. Yep. They have to back away D6 inches rather than one. So as you can imagine, that's pretty effective from getting them away for a turn. And the main thing is because it's difficult terrain, once you get the, the four, yeah. five, or six, you're potentially out of charge range for the yep. next turn, which is not good for the ring refs. They prefer to be able to get into combat and poke those blades in. They'd rather kill the hobbits pretty quickly in combat. Yeah, they prefer to get down and dirty. Yeah, the magic's, the magic's not concentrated and enough. With resistant to magic? Yeah. I mean, it really it's, you could potentially black that, black that, black that, yep. but that's, I don't think that's a winning strategy. Yeah, no. I think, I think so you want to get in there and, and you want to stab that Frodo. Absolutely. There's the Seat of Power special rule during the scenario. Mm-hmm. Any evil model in the playing area at the start of its move must test its courage in the same way as if its force was broken. Now, of course, when this book came out, I believe that just meant that you moved away from the Not true, friendly. not true. No? This was this was sort of the second edition of the okay. rules, essentially. So that was the current courage rules. Right. All it's a way is just a way of draining their, their will their when will, you don't yes. expect yeah. it. So when you sit there with a the ring wraith on two will and suddenly you have to spend that on your courage. Now, a lot a of problem. players out there are probably going to pick up courage test for the ring race. That's not going to really make you... Yeah, the courage is what, six? But what you need to realize is every wraith is taking that test. So if your game goes for, say, ten turns, 
you're going to roll five rays. It won't go for That's ten turns. You're more likely to go for make. six, five, six turns max. Yeah. Um, because of the the will, but that's it's probably going to cost five you a turns, point or two at yeah. some point. Yeah. Potentially twenty five tests. Now that's not going to happen if you get charged yourself, which happens quite a lot. Yeah. But that's you're going to fail one or two for the game. So it's a couple extra points yeah. of will that you're wasting on courage rather than on a magic power or a no, combat. One one time I lost a scenario. I had Frodo in this nice position at two raves left, and I, I rolled snake eyes on the first race. He's off the table and last. Last rate had to burn an extra point of will to stay on the table and then promptly vanish in the next combat. Yep, not mm-hmm. what you want. You to help you track <laughs> right against the wall. So. Absolutely. What's the next one, Matt? Okay, so the next one is Aragorn, of course. Doesn't start on the board with the Hobbits. He arrives from the second turn onwards and he arrives on a 4+, plus at the end of the movement. So, a little bit iffy getting Aragorn onto the board. Yeah. If he doesn't come on quickly, you can definitely run into trouble very fast. And the Hobbits can still survive without him, but it's much, much tougher. So the quicker you get Aragorn on, the better you are. Yeah. And can that's... you use his might to alter that reserve roll? It doesn't say, but I would say no. No, it doesn't say it's a reinforcement, yeah. does it? Because if it's a reinforcement, you could, under the new rules, because it's its own special rule. Yeah, it, it's not listed as one of the things you can use might for. That's Aragorn's cool. rule in the Fellowship Amonsul book, not there. And it's kind of better that it isn't because it keeps the scenario interesting and keeps it swingy. Yeah, and absolutely. and that's what you want for a little story scenario like this. About how long does it take to play? I wanted to discuss with you guys. How long? What's your experience? Half an hour? 20 to half an hour. Yeah, yeah. it's about 20 to half an hour. So it's, it's a nice a and quick, quick one. Yeah. So you can play it four times in the time you play a normal game. So sometimes you get the extreme results. Yeah. Yep. True. Now, I believe the Nazgul have a really nasty special rule in this one as well. One that sort of makes quite a prominent appearance in a lot of the fellowship scenarios. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not or unique the, to this scenario. It's not unique, but it is very powerful. I believe it's a cry of the Nazgul. Cry of the Nazgul, that's correct. Yes. What does it do? Once during the game, in the priority phase before you rolled any dice, the Nazgul can choose to unleash uh, their cry, which will reduce the good model's courage by three for the turn. So as you can imagine, that drops them down significantly. All Especially of them, even Aragorn. Especially since Heartbringer of Evil is still So, yeah, yeah. so totally they go down by four. So suddenly the good side, which has got outstanding courage for a force, is really doing being nervous. You might have to save some of your will or might for that courage yeah, role, which is stuff you want to spend two. on resisting powers. Frodo, courage yeah. two. Sam's courage one. Mary's going to carry zero. I've seen Frodo throw away three points of might on that cry the Nazgul alone just mm-hmm. to get engaged, and that's, that's a huge swing. Yeah. The one downside of that rule is that in the turn that you use it, Aragorn will arrive on a 2+, plus instead of a 4+. plus. But the nice thing is he can't charge that turn anyway. Yeah, so right. if you've got the luxury of doing that... It's pick your moment type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Chances are he's probably going to be on by the time you use it anyway, yeah, because right. using it against Aragorn is a really strong yeah. strong yeah. one. And so I think that's it that's okay. Definitely, because like, you know, your average roll of a 7 means he's going to flush least he's creepy, but a slightly bad roll from Aragorn, say you rolled a five or, or a four off those two dice for his character, suddenly that's going to drain a lot of resources from Aragorn and makes him susceptible to either magic or makes his ability to actually kill the Nazgul with his mind. And you should be using it when you've actually got potential to attack Frodo. So you want to yeah. be getting a couple rapes into Frodo. You, you know you're going to get at that turn. You've got a little setup. You do the cry of the Nazgul. And then maybe Pippin can't peel one off. Maybe Sam can't engage yeah. and, and get one off. And you've got more Nazgul into Frodo. And maybe there's one just guarding against Aragorn anyway and, and being the, the defense there. Pros and cons of the scenario. What works, what doesn't work. I've got a couple of 
things straight off the bat that I can think of that I think are a bit clunky with the scenario and a couple of things mm-hmm. that I really like. So mm-hmm. what do you like about the scenario? What really, really works? What makes this scenario unwantable? Okay, I'll start. I like the tension in the scenario. It's one of those ones where things can go wrong at the drop of a hat. You can have that one bad roll. You can Bad things can happen. You could have Frodo trapped against the wall against one wraith and suddenly it, it does the two wounds it needs. You've got the Morgul Blade that can reveal itself. Aragorn might not show up. He might lose a combat to the wraiths. And, uh, they might sit there, transfix him. It's one of those ones where you've got plenty of choices. There's lots of things that can happen. It's very, with a small amount of dice you roll, it can swing incredibly. So it's got a lot of replay value there. I know one time we played it, uh, we've had Aragorn dying to the race. Um, wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, got himself a little bit too far out of position and all five <laughs> ways went, we're in charge range together, let's get rid of this annoying guy. Mm. I think he lost a couple of resources on some other things, maybe resisting the power, I think it was, and then yeah. they just went into but him. Yeah, and got transfixed. It got transfixed eventually. Like and and did four wounds and went, oh, crap my fate and you know the, mm. the dreaded one two three comes up and you're like <laughs> i think the, the good still won that game didn't they though they they might have held on i'm I not think sure they did because yeah. mary went balls deep and passed a courage test pinned two yeah i think one of the hobbits saved frodo and and yeah, it was really really ah, interesting one a pyrrhic victory then yes. <laughs> and who cares about the aragorn guy anyway i'd say my favorite part of the scenario is just how quick it is you can get it done pretty quickly quick game's a good game and it's always fun to just shove a few models together and Throw some spells around, take some courage tests, fight some fights, and have a good laugh while you're doing it. It's a brilliant filler game, and, and I recently brought it to a tournament with the the idea that if people finish the game early, they could just go and play a 20-minute, 20, 20 half-an-hour scenario. some did. Yeah, and I think... I was one of those. Yeah, that's enjoyable for people to do, and that's really good, because sometimes when I played at club, you've had four people or an even yeah. number of people. One game's going long, one game finishes really early. You don't want to start another two-hour game because you end up playing the same person. You want to play someone else. So you you put this in the car, bring it along, play a quick game of it, and you've got the enjoyment. What don't you like about the scenario? I Sorry. I think it is a little bit skewed towards good, just from the games I've played, and that's not that many. The few that I've played, it has felt that good has the upper hand. Oh, look, I agree with that. I didn't actually find it a negative at all. I think for almost mm, all the ways. fellowship story scenarios, that's the mm. case because they're meant to be played well, as a just, campaign. Just as a scenarios challenge. in general, they just seem to be just a little bit harder to balance. I think it's there's that's true, yeah. but I also the think there's match ones get, like the sort of the points match. And I use that term very loosely. The points match scenarios. I'm not talking about like domination, whole ground stuff, yeah. but sort of like the big sort of all-out fight ones that you have in the books, like Faramir fighting off the orcs and off the ways and stuff, sort of the big fighting ones are a little bit more balanced. But the ones with the fellowship, because you've got so much might, resources, and basically everyone, everything hinging on one model, in this case it's Fro, in the Hobbit books it's Bilbo, because everything hinges on one model, it's harder to balance sometimes and just get that fine. I actually disagree that it's hard to balance. I think it's it's purposely skewed in favour of good, and I think they want them they to win more win. often than not, and that's fine. Um, it's so easy to balance this one. You just give the Wraith some might or some will and away they go. There's, there's also a challenge for the good player and we, we've been to the point, Travis, before these scenarios where we consider it a victory if you don't lose a single member of the Fellowship. Ah, uh, yes. So it's, a bit, it's mode, about yeah. protecting everyone. It's almost, yeah, it's the hard mode and that's a real challenge for us and it becomes a bit of a moral victory. Yes, I got the victory because Frodo didn't die, but if I lost Merry and Pippin, is it really that much of a victory? Yes, You're not getting the ants. You're not killing the Witch King. 
I, I distinctly remember when we were doing uh, our first run through this particular book, the Fellowship book, and we got to fly the floor of Loft Warren, and we we gotten to the point where we managed to do every single scenario up to that point without losing a single member of the Fellowship. Every scenario, we get to fly for Loft Warren, and Frodo's almost about to get off the board. One wog turns around and goes nom. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I remember. I was actually playing <laughs> Evil. That was awesome. one of my. Uh, yeah, so you were so there, so <laughs> close like, to there, and I just turned it around. That was brilliant. I think that's one of the things that you can do with a lot of these uh, fellowship scenarios is you can take it sort of to that next step. Once you've worked out how to win the scenario, take it to the point of how do I win completely? Yeah, how do absolutely. I win fully? And the the other thing is, who cares about balance when you're going to swap sides anyway? As long as it's yeah. an interesting game the whole way through, right to the end. I think it doesn't really matter if it's skewed in one favor. If it's a boring game and you put down the models and you know who's going to win, that's no good. But if yeah. you don't know who's going to win and you have to play it out to find out, I think it doesn't matter if one side's got a slight advantage. I think I remember another similar one with Dane, uh, just sort of going off the ring race. We had uh, that Dane versus... Dane and a whole bunch of Kazagard versus five ring race. And we were, I remember when we first put it down on the table, we were like, no way the ring race had got this. And then after a couple of playthroughs, we went, oh... The ring race can actually kill Dane in this one. Multi compel, I think, was what you brought to the table. Yeah, multiple that. compels. Yeah, yeah and, and just just ignore everything but the the target, yeah. and getting that getting that two handed weapon, which king. I in. think I think the same principle applies here. Is you just need to sometimes just play it out and see what happens because, mm-hmm. especially with the new rules, when we've gone back through and played them, some scenarios are, are better because yeah. of the new rules, and some not quite as. You think. Particularly the movement ones seem to, the heavy movement ones seem to just not quite hold up in the rules simply because of marches and things like that. And I think everyone who plays with the scenarios can have the opportunity to change it to see how they like it. If they want That's tougher same. ring rates, do it. Yeah. You, you're always playing with a friend. You're not going to pick this game up at, at random from a stranger. You're going to play with mm-hmm. someone you know. You both play at each side and you say, what happens if? What happens if Frodo doesn't have any might? What happens if Aragorn doesn't come on, doesn't start rolling until turn three? What happens if the ring rates all have a point of might each or a point of extra couple points of will and you play around that way. And you can always swap sides, of course. Uh, and you, you, you almost always do and that's yeah. part of the fun of it and learning off the other person, copying each other's strategies and yeah. tactics or trying to improve on them and it's sort of, it's always satisfying to get the winners both sides and just sort of... Yeah, it's. I know one thing from you and me playing Jeremy, usually it's sort of, it's a game to figure out who can work it out first. So, in like, yes. it's... Jeremy will play it once, and I'll see how Jeremy approaches it and go, I reckon I can do that one better. And then I'll play it and try something, try a similar thing, but change it slightly. Yeah, and try and try and outdo each other that way. I see what you're doing there. And then we play it a third time. And (laughs) And I do something totally different, and it's amazing. And yeah, you sort of, it's almost rewarding to see the person you're playing with get the victory, even though you're playing sort of the bad guys. It actually is true. Like, I play as the evil in this scenario quite a lot, and I'm always cheering for the good. I'm always hoping Frodo gets the win, <laughs> but I'm going to do my best to stop it because that's my job. Yeah. I'm the evil player. I'm going to stop them. But most of the time, it's really good to see Frodo survive, and um, it's always fun to kill Merry Pippin as well. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the fact that if you're able to come into these scenarios as looking at it as a, as a story rather than as a game, looking at it as just, yeah, just sitting down and having, rolling some dice and and reliving a part of the books as opposed to, you know, having a higher competitive game and using that to see where you take the story and how you take the story or how you would play out the story. And this scenario really does favour that storytelling. Like, you can see every action, 
you can imagine that happening in yeah. the the book sort of thing. Every, yeah, every and even down to every fight where Mary picks up a brand and tries to scare off the ring wraith and and just manages to get that win and he runs away it and to be more often. Yeah, it, well. <laughs> it's just every moment seems to to be yeah. that storytelling and and I haven't played this game where the person playing it they don't have a good story to tell. They just come up and they say, this happened, this happened, it was amazing, just, this yeah, was fun. I distinctly remember one time um, I was sitting, sitting with the hobbits in the middle of the table. I'm like, I don't really want to move anywhere. I've got these perfectly set how I want them. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to throw some stones. And then Sam picks up his mighty stone and flicks it, hits the Witch King square on the head. And <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, Three's the hit, six to wound, six again on the follow-up. We have a point of mind, of course, so it's yeah. it's not yeah. it's it's happens once in a while it? and three six six. Yeah. It's Travis, so we'll be in six six six. Yeah. Probably a seven somewhere as well. But yeah. <laughs> boosted the last those, six to a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get those really interesting. And we tell those stories for years. Like yeah, we've got yeah, some yeah. Sam stories that we've we've been oh, telling man. for over ten years now, and it's Sam happened in scenarios. The throne rock. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Future segment coming. Stuff that Sam killed. Yes. <laughs> okay, don't give it all away. That's our material. <laughs> thoughts. What do you think? Um, Is this our final thoughts? Is this the final yes. chance we'll get to yes, I do think that? So, um, yay or nay? Well, just to regale you with uh, a scenario, the scenario I played today against Jeremy Entwistle, right at the end, we were down to, I had the Witch King and three of the other wraiths all on one will. And he had Sam and Frodo, and Aragorn had just arrived that turn. I managed to surround Frodo with the Witch King in two wraiths, and charged Sam with the other wraith. Managed to kill Sam and Frodo in that turn. All of the wraiths disappeared, and Aragorn sat there going, where is everyone gone? <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> so it's that kind of thing mm. that makes me say, yay, absolutely yay. It's a huge amount of fun, this scenario. Jeremy? Yay, it's... I make all the scenarios and, and play them all out, and this is one that I've never once regret buying the Forge or piece, playing. It's one that I'll go to when I get a chance because it is just really, really, really good experience. I would definitely, definitely recommend changing some of the stats if you want a tougher game or playing the uh, Don't Lose a Hobbit mode, but I, I really like it, and, and for half an hour, I think you get absolute value for your time, so it's a yay for me. Cool. I think I'm on a similar ilk with, with that as well, Jeremy. I enjoy playing all all sorts of scenarios just to see how how different changes in circumstances provide different uh, situations and stuff. And yeah, I've always loved seeing how different people takes on the scenario. So yeah, definitely a yay for me. Worth worth a play. Probably worth just having a look at some of the other versions. Matt just showed me one from the Hobbit book, which looks very slightly different. Yeah, so yep. on a bigger board and and set up there, and I might come back and just give a. A quick thoughts whether we like it or don't afterwards, but we can come back on a later podcast and yeah, yeah, we'll and and say to that or follow up. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a follow up. It could be really interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Jeremy, for sharing your thoughts on Armon Sul. This has been uh, mm, once again. Thank you for having us. <laughs> really good. <laughs> this has been the Scenario Spotlight episode one. And as always, guys, Traps win games. <laughs>